Hello, and welcome to Making Christ Known, a podcast from Adairsville Baptist Church in Adairsville, Georgia. This podcast features senior pastor Eric Sorrell and his sermons designed to make Christ known in Adairsville and beyond. For more information about Adairsville Baptist Church, visit us on Facebook or online at adairsvillebaptistchurch.org. And now, here's Pastor Eric. We drove away. I just was just my heart was just full of of, of emotion, and uh, I just was moved to tears uh, for a while. I just I couldn't get a grip on my emotions where I had to kind of just isolate myself and pull myself together. But it was a time of worship and it was a time of religious affections and just a time to pray. And even beginning on the van and then just sitting out by myself, uh, I wrote uh, something. I've adapted it a little as we went on, but I want to share it with you. Uh, Every servant will be like the master. And uh, I wrote this, I, I titled it, I Saw Jesus this week in Ebenezer. Now that was the community that we were in. I saw Jesus, you may say, last week in Guatemala. I saw Jesus last week in Guatemala. I saw Jesus this week. He was delivering a food bag to a widow, to the blind, to the lame, to a pastor. He was playing with a child and laughing. He was painting a chair. He was sharing his story. I saw Jesus this week in Guatemala. He was teaching the children. He was smiling to others. He was singing in church, in the street, in the van. He was giving gifts of love and compassion. I saw Jesus this week. He was translating the Word of God, leading our group, cooking our meals, driving our van, cleaning our room. I saw God in a kind neighbor in a woman from Guatemala, in a woman from the U.S., in a man from Guatemala, in a man from the U.S. I saw God in a girl, a boy. I saw the Holy Spirit, saw Him comfort the broken heart, encourage the needy, lead reconciliation between in-laws, speak through others, give grace to sinners. I saw the Holy Spirit answer prayer. I saw God in a rainbow in the sky, in a widow, in a church, in a house, in a van. I saw God's grace. Surely God was there. Surely God is here. I'm thankful that I was able to see Christ. You know, the Bible says that Christ is in us and He is the hope of glory. And and we saw Christ. We did see the love of Christ. We saw it in, in fellow people from our church, those five or six that went. We saw it in the Nicaraguans that came over to help us. We saw it in the Guatemalans. We saw it in the people that we were trying to bless as they in turn blessed us. And hopefully next week we'll be able to show you a lot more of those images and those videos. But you, you see a little, bit, a little bit there on the screen. This morning I was led to the many miracle sections in the Gospel of Matthew. There are actually six passages, okay? There are six passages where 
Matthew basically just summarizes, and he doesn't tell us like this is the centurion's miracle or the, you know, this is this specific miracle of, of blind Bartimaeus. There are just six passages where Matthew just summarizes it, and he basically says, and Jesus healed many, and Jesus did many miracles, and many people came to him, and it's really just a summary. You know, I could tell you, we could tell you about specific stories in Guatemala. We could tell you about the in-laws, a brother-in-law and sister-in-law that were so moved, even as Carter gave him a food bag that they wept, but that the brother-in-law would say, today I'm reconciling with my sister-in-law there in the street of Guatemala. I saw the Holy Spirit. Amen? That's, the, that's a move of God. I mean, we could tell you the specific things, but we could also just summarize it and say, wow, we saw God move in Guatemala, right? And that's what Matthew does here. He says, and Jesus healed many. He, there were many miracles. He cured sickness. He drove out demons. He, he taught. He did all these things. At times, Matthew will get very specific. But th- not every miracle that Jesus did is recorded in Scripture. There are six times in Matthew. We won't look at chapter 12 and we won't look at chapter 19. We'll look at the others where Jesus is said to have done many works. Jesus gave many blessings. That's what we were able to do because of you. Uh, Annabella from Guatemala, she says, tell the church pastor, tell them thank you. Thank you for the work that they're doing in Guatemala. And, and you're doing it because the, it's the money that you give. It's the money that you give to the church that the finance team says, let's give this much to missions. That mission says, let's, let's take this much to Guatemala. Because you gave, you are very much a part of it. Because you prayed, you are very much a part of it. And that's what we do. We, we were able to bless them with 60 food bags. And this, I'm not talking about mass distribution. I'm talking about 60. How you doing? What's your name? How can we pray for you? This is the gospel. It took four days of that. Every single day. From home to home, from, from church to church, to pastor, to blind, to widow, to lame, to, to, wow, 60 times because of you. Those bags would probably cost $15. Super, super heavy. Uh, numerous belts were given away to, to the school children. Numerous shoes to men and, and teachers and students and uh, churches. Numerous backpacks. A uh, number of hygiene kits. You, know, you thank you for packing those on Wednesday night. I wish you could see the way they bless many people. We gave away dresses, right, that Karen's mom made. We'll show you that next week. Uh, we touched a lot of people. We gave away Bibles. Uh, there were so many blessings that we were able to just give, right, to give grace. Here's just something that we can bless you with. We bring grace and we bring peace. And, of course, there was the blessing of painting 60 plus chairs, <laughs> painting those green. I'm sure Brother Carter and Chuck and some of the others still have that green on them. Brother Tim's uh, sanding those down. Uh, over 60 chairs, that took a long time. Teachers were trained from Miss Sherry and Miss Regina. Uh, they worked with those teachers and were able to, to bless them with some, with some help. Say, hey, here's how you may get through that discipline situation or how to co- communicate to a parent. Uh, I don't know what all they did, but I'm thankful for it. There were numerous churches that we visited. Uh, we prayed over so many. We prayed with many different pastors. We heard many different stories. Maybe we'll tell you those next week. But I was able to preach in, in two churches. And man, I have no greater joy than just being able to, uh, to preach there. God did a, a huge thing. And it was all blessings, blessings, blessings from God. As you open to Matthew chapter 4, I want to give you kind of the, the key theme of these uh, many miracles sections. And I'm really going to say it in about four different ways, but it's, it's basically saying the same thing. We're going to look at miracles. And I want you to see that the key theme of these miracles is this, that these miracle sections, they're signs of redemption, just like the one we looked at last week. These, these miracles are signs of redemption and the plan of redemption. They have 
a redemptive plot to them. Many of the miracles do. They serve as like a type. They have that redemptive plot. These miracles are smaller things that point to something greater. In fact, they're smaller things that point to the ultimate, that point to redemption and the gospel. These miracles point to not just deliverance from sickness, uh, whether it's uh, short-term or whether it's chronic. There are two Greek words for that. Or whether it's uh, demonization. It's not just about deliverance from the here and now, but these point to ultimate deliverance. Ultimate salvation in the eternal kingdom of God. These uh, are periods where we read about where Jesus heals, but they point to this, that, that Jesus ultimately He heals hearts. Ultimately, Jesus heals souls. Jesus gives ultimate healing. You know, we're able to talk about that. Look, this food is temporary. This, this food is, is like manna. I mean, it's a gift from heaven. It's grace. You didn't work for it. We just bring it. But everyone who eats this food will die. But Jesus said, I'm the bread that comes from heaven, right? Jesus said, I'm the bread of life. And, and if you eat of that bread, you'll never die. So even the blessings that we were able to give, right? We're giving you this belt. Uh, the Bible says there's a belt of truth, right? We need truth. Where do we find truth? So, so the blessings that we are able to give or to show people the blessings that you do here in Adairsville, here in Bartow County, ultimately they should be things that point to, to redemption, uh, to salvation, to the ultimate. These passages really actually go back and, and allude to an Old Testament scripture. I just want to read it for you. Don't turn there. It's in Matthew, or excuse me, it's in Isaiah 53. 53 verse 1 says, Who has believed what they heard from us? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? The Bible says in Isaiah 53, 4, Surely He's borne our griefs. He's carried our sorrows. Yet we esteem Him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. Uh, the Bible tells us that Jesus bears our griefs, our sicknesses, our sorrows. He bears so much more. He bears our iniquity. These verses actually allude to a verse that we looked at in 1 Peter. When in 1 Peter chapter 2, and verse 24, Peter says these words, He Himself bore our sins in His body on the tree, that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By His wounds you've been healed. By His wounds we've been healed. He's speaking of the ultimate healing. And so all of these passages point to the ultimate healing that Jesus gives. These passages point to the big picture of the gospel story. Miss Regina, we can put the next slide on the screen. We're going to look at four of them, and we're going to look at them in this order. We're going to look at Matthew chapter 4, the last few verses. Matthew chapter 9, the last few verses. I told you we'll skip over 12. It's a really short one. We'll look at Matthew 14, the last verses there, then Matthew 15. And we won't look at Matthew 19 because it's also a short one. But all of these are passages that they're so easy in your, in your reading to just skip over. Because they're not so specific, we don't get all the characters. You just wonder what took place there on the hillside or there beside the lake. But we're supposed to stop and go, you know what? These are showing us the big picture of the gospel story. And we'll come back to that slide. Let's look at the first one. Matthew chapter 4. Look at the last few verses of that chapter. Matthew 4.23 says, And He went throughout all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction among the people. So his fame spread throughout all Syria. And they brought him all the sick, those afflicted with various diseases and pains, 
those oppressed by demons, epileptics, and paralytics, and He healed them. See, many miracles. And everyone had a story. But this is just a summary. Verse 25 says, And great crowds, literally crowds of crowds, numerous crowds, followed Him from Galilee and the Decapolis, ten cities, and from Jerusalem and Judea and from beyond the Jordan. In this first passage, Jesus is near the area of Galilee. A.T. Robertson tells us that Jesus perhaps made three tours of Galilee, three different times when He would go in different ways, sometimes with more apostles and sometimes sending them on ahead. And this is the first of three tours of Galilee. In, in verse 23, you see three key verbs. There are three key aspects of Jesus' ministry there. What are they? Look at them. See if you can circle them and find them. Verse 23, and he went throughout all Galilee. Here's the first one. Number one, teaching in their synagogues, tells us where. Number two, proclaiming, uh, heralding. What's his message? The gospel, the good news of the kingdom. And number three, healing. Healing what? Every disease and every affliction among the people. The Messiah had three aspects to the ministry, right? Teaching, proclaiming, preaching, announcing, heralding, and then healing. And He's healing all sorts of different things. These three aspects point to Jesus, that Jesus is the Christ, that Jesus is the Messiah that the Old Testament foretold. And I love this. He went, right? We have to go. We, we go, you go every day somewhere. You go, He went to school. He went to the store. He went to, to the park. He went to this. He may go to Guatemala. He went to maybe Kentucky. Jesus went, and it tells us where Jesus went. As he went, he's teaching, he's proclaiming, he's healing. As we go, we also teach. We teach the Word of God. We're supposed to. We also proclaim. We're to proclaim good news. Now, we can't heal, but we can give blessings. We can't heal. Jesus can heal. Jesus can give grace, but we can give grace gifts. We could give a, a pair of shoes. We could give somebody a, a, a meal. We could give somebody a handshake, a card. It can look a lot of different ways, right? Jesus goes, teaching, proclaiming, and healing. He went. This is what Jesus does. And verse 24 tells us the result. So His fame spread. His fame spread. His glory spread. We told so many people, you know, it's not to us, not to the, the gringo be the glory, but to God be the glory. We're just His servants. This is a gift from God. We don't want to be famous. We want God to be famous. We want Jesus to be high and lifted up. And that's what was happening. Jesus' fame spread throughout all Syria. And then what did they do? Well, they brought Him people. They brought him, it says, the sick and those afflicted with various diseases. I mean, some are sick. It's like it's, it's a temporary kind of thing. But some have a chronic thing that we would call a disease. And some have pains. And some are oppressed with demons. And some are epileptics. And some are paralytics. And the Bible says, here it is, and he healed them. It's just a mini miracle section. Just all sort of grouped together. Like Matthew says, I just don't have time to tell you everybody's story. But Jesus did a whole bunch. He did a whole bunch while he was there. They were afflicted. Bible says they were oppressed. I mean, we saw people that were afflicted. We saw people that are oppressed. Our affliction and oppression may look differently, right, in different countries. You see people here who are afflicted in their mind or they're oppressed in their soul and they have this turmoil. And, and these were the people that Jesus was around. He was ministering to. Verse 25 says another result in that fame spread, but also the great crowds came and they followed him. Crowds followed. And then he gives us the, the area. And when you really look on the map, it's from a, an area with a hundred mile radius. 
It's like crowds were coming from all over and they were wanting to follow Jesus, right? We follow Jesus, but so do the people in Zambia and so do the people in Africa and so do the people right where you've been. There are a lot of people that want to follow Jesus because they've seen His goodness and they've seen His salvation. This is the first of several. Take your Bible and flip a few pages over to Matthew chapter 9. The very last words of chapter 9. Chapter 9, verses 35 through 38. Matthew 9.35 says this, And Jesus went. He went. We have to go. Those of us that can, those of us, you go somewhere all the time, right? You can go now through the internet and email and text and phone call. Don't say well, you can't go. You can, you can encounter a lot of different people. And Jesus went. This, this is where He went. Throughout all the cities and villages, teaching, number one, look at, for the ing ver- verbs again, teaching where? In their synagogues. Number two, and proclaiming what? The gospel of the kingdom, the good news of the kingdom. And number three, healing every disease and every affliction. And that's what we get. It's a summary. There's many miracles going on right there. Verse 36, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into His harvest. Now, in in Matthew chapter 9, we're on the third tour of Galilee. Now He's in tour number 3, and there's some different things going on, but we still see those three aspects. He went, what? Teaching, proclaiming, healing. This is what He did. But here we're told what He saw in verse 36. He saw the crowds, and when he saw the crowds, he felt something for them. He had a, a religious affection. He had a holy emotion. It says he had compassion for them. He saw them with compassion. The, the Bible was written in Greek, the New Testament. And that New Testament word for he, he saw with compassion is a, is a word that means he felt strong emotion. He had strong emotion. It, it moved him, right, in his, in his tummy, in his heart, in his, in his bowels. And you think, well, this is what we must do too, right? We have to see with compassion. We have to see the nations with compassion. We have to see the poor here with compassion. We have to see those that are suffering with addictions with compassion instead of judgment. Well, you know why you're in this, right? We have to see children with compassion and men and women with compassion. And Jesus sees with compassion. We too have to have compassion. And then in the last few verses, Jesus teaches that, look, I'm concerned and you guys should be concerned. You guys should be concerned. You should be moved with that concern because there's a lot to do. Look, the harvest is plentiful. (laughs) So much to do and the laborers are few. But what you need to do is pray that the Lord will send out laborers. Pray that you have compassion. Pray that you have a compassion that acts. A compassion that moves. Be moved with concern and do something. And so Jesus did. Chapter 4 of Matthew and chapter 9 of Matthew This little summary statement occurs right in between something. In Matthew uh, 1 through 3, you really get this narrative section of Jesus and all the things that He's doing. In in Matthew chapter 4, you get the the parables, you get the sermon that's coming and different things. But then at the end of Matthew 4, you have the the, um, summary. And then following the narrative section, okay, it's a a mini-miracle section, and then what's going to follow is a teaching section, and that's the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, Matthew 6, Matthew 7. 
The same is, is, is in Matthew 9. Uh, in Matthew 9, uh, Matthew has just finished a, a narrative section where he's told a lot of stories. And then in Matthew 10, especially, I don't have a red letter Bible. I kind of wish I did write it. But if in Matthew 10, all of a sudden you're about to see red letter words because in Matthew 10, Jesus is about to begin a teaching section, right? So that's pretty important. He's concluded a lot of stories, and he said, I don't have time to tell you. I just have to summarize. And now let me tell you about Jesus' teaching. Okay, and then I get back to Matthew, uh, you know, 7 or so, uh, latter part, 8, 9. Okay, and I just tell you the summary statement, but I'm about to tell you more of Jesus' teaching. This is what he does. So look on the screen. This is what we've seen, and this is what I want you to look for in the next two. These passages point to the big picture of the gospel story. It's not just about what Jesus did. They're saying something more to us. Uh, They're saying, and this is what the kingdom of God is like. This is what the gospel is like. Number one, I want you to see that Jesus gave blessings and gifts to the people. Right? Be healed. Be be free. I give you this. I have compassion for you. I I want you to have this. And He did this for many people. It wasn't food bags and flip-flops. Number two, but we also see this, that Jesus gave the message of good news. He's teaching in the synagogue. He's proclaiming the good news of the kingdom. This is what He did. Be blessed. But know that this is something that's pointing to something greater, that you can be ultimately set free, that you can be ultimately healed. Let's continue. I want you to look for those couple of things in the next one. The last two are my real favorites. Turn to Matthew 14. In Matthew 14, we see Jesus feeding the 5,000. We see Jesus walking on the water. Jesus will teach again, but the last few verses of chapter 14, starting in verse 34, said this. And when they had crossed over, right, the the water, the, the sea, when they had crossed over, they came to the land at Gennesaret. And when the men of that place recognized Him, they sent around to all that region, and they brought to Him all who were sick. And they implored Him, they begged Him that they might only just touch the fringe of His garment, the tassel. And as many as touched it were made well. Here in Matthew 14, Jesus is now around Gennesaret. It's north of modern Tiberias. It's north of the Sea of Galilee. I think it was in 1985. They found like an ancient fishing boat there that they kind of uncovered. We don't know if it was the one that the disciples were in, but it was pretty neat. This is what happens as Jesus is there. Verse 35 says that the people recognized Him. The people recognized, right? Ah, it's Jesus. We've heard of Him. We know His name. I mean, the people in Guatemala, this is not, a, this is not a, uh, uh, an unreached people group. This is not an unreached country, right? Th- these people knew. Oh, we know that you guys are coming in the name of Christ. We know what you what you're represent. We, we, we mostly we recognize this is God's grace, right? Lady, I was praying for food, and I didn't know where I was going to get it, and you guys show up with a food bag, or right? I, I, I asked God about this or that. They recognize the work of God. And the people in this area, they recognize Jesus. What did they do next? They went and brought. Go get, hey, Jesus is here. Go get that person. And go get that person. And go get that person. Now, can't you see the kingdom? Right? And we get, and we we need more people. Go get more people and bring them to Jesus. Right? They went and they brought all from that region, people that were sick. And then the people did this. The people asked and touched. They begged Him. Lord, can we just touch? All we just need is just a touch of your tassel. And it was a touch of faith. 
It's not the tassel, it's the person, right? It's not the messenger, it's Christ. It's not the, the things that we do, it's, it's Jesus that saves, right? It's not even the prayer, right? It's, it's, it's the work on the cross that saves. But theirs was a touch of faith. This miracle points to some things, right? It's just We don't even know how many that were sick that got well. and It's amazing. But it points to these few things. Number one, it speaks of a spreading of the good news. Right? He's here. He's here. He's here. They went. They brought this spreading of the gospel, the spreading of the good news. And number two, it speaks of the networking of people. Right? That, that we got a network and we're stronger when we're together. And the sick, maybe they couldn't get there, but they went and they brought him. Right? And we can't do the things we do in other countries apart from the network of pastors that are already there. We need each other. The word needs to spread. We need to go and we need to tell. Hey, Jesus, come. Come to this. Come to VBS. Come to Good News Club. Right? We, we, we need one another. We, we're all in this thing together. It takes many, many people doing the work of God. But what do the people have to do? What do the children have to do? What do the people that, that we're trying to reach have to do? They have to recognize. And they have to repent and believe. They, they have to make that touch of faith. right? Maybe you need to do that today. You just need to say, Lord, I, I, I beg you for this. I, I, I'm, I'm asking with faith, Lord, that you would help my family, that you would help my finances, that you would help me in this sickness, Lord, that you would, that you would help me with this emotion that I'm battling. Lord, why don't I feel more for you? Why don't I have religious affection? Lord, why am I, why am I holding back? Lord, I don't know what, you're, what the touch is that you need to make, but Jesus can help. He, he can bring change to the heart. It points to the gospel. People must recognize, people must go and tell, and they must repent and believe. I want us to look at the last one. It should be there just across the page, perhaps. It's in Matthew 15. Matthew 15 and verses 29 through 31 give us another many miracles Summary verse. Jesus is now again in a more probably Gentile area. And this is what the scripture says Jesus went on from there and he walked beside the Sea of Galilee. And he went up the mountain and he sat down there, and great crowds came to him, bringing with them the lame, the blind, the crippled, the mute. And many others, many others. And they put them at his feet, right? We don't want people at our feet. We want them to go to Jesus and his feet. And he healed them. This is a great verse here, verse 31. So that the crowd wondered, they marveled, is a better translation. They, they had this awe, they, had, they marveled in their hearts. When they saw the mute speaking, and the crippled healthy, and the lame walking, and the blind seeing, and what was the result? The last sentence tells us, and they glorified the God of Israel. Right? If they were Gentiles, they glorified Adonai, Yahweh, the God of Israel. Jesus again, it says, He went. He went, He went, He went, and crowds came. It's so important. And here, He heals. And as Jesus heals, everyone's in awe. That's what we want. We want people to be in awe, not of us, but to be in awe of, of Jesus, to be in awe of God, not to be in awe of Adairsville Baptist, but to be in awe to say, wow, like God's at work in them. I saw Jesus today, right? Right here, and in this and in that. And we want this. It says they glorified God. I mean, we said time and time again, you know, glory adios, like glory to God, not to us. They glorified God. And these things are a picture of the gospel. 
All of these miracles, even the summary sections, are, are signs that point to salvation. They're signs even that point to the church age, right? I mean, we know the one that can heal and give ultimate healing and ultimate redemption and, and ultimate freedom, and we have to go and we have to tell and we have to bring and we give glory to God. We give glory to the one that, that does all of these works. We want His fame to spread. I mean, they're a sign of the gospel, but they're even a sign of the church age. It's like Jesus is starting to say, and this is what's going to happen in the book of Acts. Right? These, these are the things that you're going to see and you're going to teach and you're going to proclaim and you're going to heal for a while until that apostolic era ends, but then after that you can bless in other ways and maybe God gives the healing and you know, maybe He doesn't. You know, maybe that spiritual gift has ceased or maybe it hasn't, but you're going, to, you're going to continue to do things and you're going to go and you're going to bring and it's going to grow and many people are going to find this freedom for their soul that they, that they need and people are going to be in awe and people are going to worship and people are going to glorify God. It speaks to the cross, it speaks speaks to the church age, but then ultimately it speaks to the eternal state, right? The final consummation to, to our eternity when finally we're all free, right? My tooth no longer hurts, right? Your back no longer hurts, and there's no longer diabetes, right? And there's no longer so many people in Guatemala that we saw that were suffering physically. Like, there's a day coming, right? There's a day coming, not just for our souls, but there's a day coming really for our bodies, right? When we'll eat from the tree of life, and there's no more pain, and there's, there is this ultimate deliverance. You ever thought about that when you just read those like summary verses or so fast? As we make some applications, maybe we could say these things. Do you know what Jesus does in these miracles? Many in a lot of his miracles. In these miracles, Jesus shows and tells. Remember show and tell as a kid? You got to have something to show. We have to show first. We have to show that we care. We have to show compassion. We have to show maybe with a blessing, maybe with a get food bag, a flip-flop, maybe with... We need to show something. We can show people kindness. We need to show first and then tell. That's what Jesus does, right? It's what we were able to do there. You've done that before, right? We, we show the kids we love them, but we also tell them. We show our neighbor we love them, but then we also tell. People get tired if you just start telling, 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 right? You're just preaching and, well, you didn't show any grace. Show grace and mercy. Tell the good news. Tell the gospel. Tell the, the kingdom message. Show blessings first and talk of Jesus. That's what we're supposed to do. Talk of Jesus. So one of the things that they talk about, especially with a way to connect to your audience, is to create pathos, right? To create this emotional connection. Right? I think <laughs> I think I was able to do that uh, in the, especially in the, I think God probably did it in both churches, but I think in the second church. I was able to create some pathos at one time, especially with the pastor and his, um, and his daughter, or a pastor and his wife, as I spoke about their daughter. Uh, we went to the zoo. Thank, did you know that you just took, uh, what, over 50 kids to the zoo in Guatemala City? Because of you, we paid for 50 kids. So a big bus. All these kids get on this big bus. They go to the zoo in Guatemala. I'm told some of the kids had never been into the city. Some of the kids said, I, I've never seen an airplane take off because we were near the airport. It was the first time they saw uh, uh, an airplane take off in the sky. Some of the kids, for the first time, their, their first time going to the zoo and seeing these animals. And that was great, right? And you, you were able to do that. And I was with the sixth grade class, and uh, I was the only gringo with the sixth grade class. And so I don't speak very good Spanish, and they speak limited English, but it was like a field trip. You know, they don't, when they go to this, they don't have any, like, 
like order to you just go and find hope you find all the animals you go down this path and that path and I like being with sixth grade because I just let them run plus I could cut up and we could get in trouble together get the whistle blown at us and but um the pastor's daughter, she was really tall, a sixth grade girl, 13. Most of them in sixth grade were 13. And she just kind of took me in. She was kind of like, even though we didn't speak, you know, she kind of like, like this way. She, I could tell she'd keep her eye out for me, like make sure that he's not lost or into anything. You know, we would name the animals and we just had this real fun. And so I, I made that connection with her. But in the, in the sermon, I was able to make a connection with her mom and dad because, you know, I was talking about that. And that's what Jesus does is He creates this pathos. He creates this emotional connection. Why? Because He blesses them with healing or with deliverance or He has compassion. You know, sometimes maybe you, you, some of you have been and you, maybe you cry when you give a Nicaraguan a food bag or something. Or when, when we go, we show, we tell, we want to make an emotional connection before we preach, because when we do, it gives weight to the, to the spiritual connection, right? There's, in these parables, or excuse me, in these miracles, there's an emotional connection, then a physical one, right? A physical connection, and then there's this spiritual connection. And so I want you to think about that too, that these signs point, point to that. We know that we can't heal. We wish we could. There's been many times I've been in a room or a hospital, near a hospital bed, and I wished, or I've prayed, you know, Lord, heal them. I wish I could lay hands on and heal. And we may not be able to heal. We may not be able to work all of the miracles. But what we can do is we can give blessings to others. Can you do that? You can give grace to others. And we can all do this. We can share the good news. We can teach. We can proclaim. We can say as much about Jesus as uh, well, we can say. <laughs> I don't think there's any stop here. You can say. You can say as much about Jesus as you want. And, uh, and we should talk about the kingdom of God. The application shows us that we too should have compassion on others. Uh, we should be moved to, to act, even to act in our church. It's easy to act there because that's all, you know, it's, it's all fun and something different. Harder to act here, right? But we have to act here. We need workers. We need children's workers and Wednesday night teachers. And there's a lot of stuff that we need people. And you, you don't just act but out of duty, but act with compassion. Say, I think it would be a dangerous thing to say, God, I want a heart like yours. You think you really want a heart of God? I thought about that a while back. Like, do I really want a heart of God? Look in Scripture what the heart of God is like. Do I want that? Say we do. Pray for it. Ooh, might be a dangerous thing. We have to proclaim and we have to give glory, right? They should marvel not at God, wow, to you be the glory. To God be the glory. Don't glorify us. Glorify the God of Israel. So as we end today, these miracles are what you call a sneak peek, aren't they? Jesus was just going through the land giving us a sneak peek of what's to come on that great day. Amen? On that great day. It's just a foretaste of glory divine. Jesus is high and exalted, and I pray that He is in your heart, and I pray that one day, if you know Him as Lord and Savior, you will see Him high and exalted on that great day when all these things uh, come to their fulfillment. I invite you today to see redemption. Heavenly Father, we love You. We thank You for Your goodness to us and Your work. and We thank You for uh, the Scriptures. Lord, we're thankful that even if books were kept, every story couldn't be written of all the people that Jesus touched, not just physically, but spiritually or emotionally. Lord, John even says there's so much that the books couldn't hold it, all the goodness of Jesus. And God, we thank You for that, that we still see You at work. Lord, there are no bookshelves to hold all the things that You're doing across the world. 
And so we, we exalt Christ today. We are so thankful, Lord, that we can be a servant to the Master and help us to be like the Master. Help us to be like the Teacher. Lord, help us to follow the example even in these glorious passages. Lord, we love You today and we just pray that, that You would move now in our hearts. Lord, show us the, the appropriate application. Lord, maybe it hasn't even been said from my lips today. But maybe, Holy Spirit, you want to deliver a, a, a specific message to someone else. May they pray, Lord. May they pray, as Samuel did, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. In Jesus' name we pray. With your heads bowed and your eyes closed, I, I'd like to share the gospel with you. The gospel contains two elements, bad news and good news. <laughs> you should have seen the laughter when I told those people, I don't want you to be scared but I have to tell you something. I am infected. I've tested positive. Oh, every eye in the church was on me and had a look of fear until I said, I, I'm infected with sin. And then they got it and they laughed and there was this relief. But then as we progressed, we talked about, but we all know that sin's more serious than even coronavirus. And this is the, the bad news that there is a, an issue, there is a problem that's even greater than being blind or not able to walk. So the gospel addresses the bad news. It says this, that God is righteous. Psalm 11.7 tells us that God is good, that God is righteous. But Romans 3.10 tells us that there's no one righteous, no, not one. Man is not good. Man is not righteous. We are all infected with the sin disease. Therefore, man deserves God's wrath. Because he's good and because we're not, our sin deserves punishment. Our sin deserves judgment. We see this in Romans 1.18. This is what we deserve. If God is good and we are not, then we are fully under His judgment and His punishment and that's the bad news. And if it stopped right there, we're all dead in our sins and transgressions. But thank God for the good news of the kingdom. The, the kingdom became flesh, Christ, and He came and He taught and He did great works. And so because of the cross and because of the resurrection, we now make a response to that. And the right response is faith alone in Christ alone. We put our trust in Jesus. We repent. We, 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 we rely upon Christ and Christ alone for salvation. And what happens then becomes the good news. Romans 3.25 tells us that Jesus Christ absorbs our wrath. He becomes the propitiation, the sacrifice of atonement for our sins. Jesus absorbs all of our punishment, all of our debt. And then we're declared righteous, right? There's therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. We are justified by faith, Romans 3. That's the good news. And Romans 5.10 tells us that we're reconciled with God. Reconciliation not between in-laws in Guatemala, but reconciled with God through the work of the Son. Because of faith, this is the good news. This is the good news that you can trust today and be saved. And I invite you to that in a moment. We'll stand and sing. We'll have an invitation. And I invite you to become a Christian. If you haven't been baptized, I invite you to follow the Lord's command to be baptized. I invite you to join the church or I invite you to come and to pray about whatever the Holy Spirit uh, is laying upon your heart. And I pray that you would come. You know, we can't touch His tassel today, but I pray that with your prayers, it's, it's the way you touch Christ and touch heaven and the way you're united to the promises of, of Jesus that He says uh, He'll give you rest. Come to Me today. Lord, now we stand and we offer You our, our response.
Lord, we pray that you would be well pleased. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Making Christ Known. We invite you to join us again next time for another sermon from Adairsville Baptist Church. For more information, visit us on Facebook or online at adairsvillebaptistchurch.org. Thanks for listening, and we look forward to connecting with you again soon.